This podcast is made possible by supporters like you. Mahalo. And by Atlas Insurance Agency, Hawaii's largest professional agency, helping Hawaii navigate insurance solutions since 1929. More at atlasinsurance.com. Aloha my kako. Welcome to a new episode of What's Going On? Start every conversation with that question. I'm Ron Mizutani, and today we're talking story with a global LGBTQ icon. Born and raised in Waimanalo, Sasha Kobe's drag and gender journey is a story of truth, authenticity, perseverance, and strength. We are absolutely thrilled to welcome to the program 2023 Drag Artist of the Year, Season 15 winner of RuPaul's Drag Race, Sasha Kobe. Welcome to PBS Hawaii. Wow, what a, we are honored. Thank you for making time for us. I know your schedule is crazy busy, but we appreciate you being here. Oh, you know, and when, when you're in Hawaii, when you're at home, you yeah. got to. And I love PBS. I mean, y'all raised me. That's awesome. Good to hear. Before I go any further, like I asked all of our guests, what school you went? Kailua High School, Surf Riders, mm-hmm. so 20, surf- uh, 2002. Surf Rider. Surf Rider. Surf for life. Always. Oh, yeah. Never got bit on a surfboard. <laughs> <laughs> But you, I mean, born and raised in Waimanalo. So, uh, all the Waimanalo kids uh, from a certain street went yeah. to Kailua. Yep. And then yep. some of them went Kaiser. You went Kaiser, yeah. Yeah. I was, I was, um, I went to Blanche Pope Elementary. Okay. So, I was, I supposed to have gone to uh, Kaiser, uh-huh. but I ended up going uh, to Kailua instead of Waimanalo uh, Intermediate. I mm-hmm. went to Kailua to learn Spanish. I got like district exception. No hable Spanish. Oh, nothing. No. I just, you know, I had to like get off that bus <laughs> right, route. Right. Well, you have, to check, you have to check that one box, right? For us, it was either Spanish or Japanese. Yeah. And yeah. some people tried to venture into French, but parlez-vous yeah. français. <laughs> hey, um, thank you for being here. You know, uh, I was just thinking, okay, I got to ask, besides mm-hmm. Kailua and the surf riders and, you know, so much history there, Can you sing me a verse of your alma mater? Oh my gosh, I cannot. <laughs> I don't even know. What no. My, no. Okay. Oh my gosh, I'm the you, worst. You're being shy. You're being <laughs> shy. You're going to be so mad. <laughs> and you, no, and no. I was part of like leadership in your book. Why don't I remember it? Oh my gosh. Not Ray, Ray, Kailua Ring. <laughs> I don't know. Ra, ra, ra. Ra, ra, ra. Ra, ra, ra. Ra, ra, ra. Hit him in the knee. Ra, ra, ras. Hit him in the other knee. How come I, I know the Kamehameha one, though? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows the Kamehameha right? one. <laughs> I, went, I, went, I went up. Uh, I was KS. Myself. Oh, yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Much, much younger than you. <laughs> well, again, welcome. You know, your life story really is an incredible one. And I, I know we could sit here all day and talk story about it. Um, but if you don't mind, please t- take us back to Wamanala. Growing up, you know, in, in the beautiful God's country down there, um, your lifestyle, your 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 journey to who you are today, but, you know, all of that came, I mean, we talked about you went to, to the beach yesterday and mm-hmm. feeling that sand in your toes and the ocean, I'm sure it's very cleansing, but t- take us back to Waimanalo as a child. Yeah, I mean, that's, the, that's the, the most interesting thing about Hawaii and growing up in Hawaii is you are kind of just predisposed to this, you know, the wealth gap and the fact that, like, I was raised on homestead you know all of us were very poor 
but you're in the most beautiful land you could possibly be in. So there was this level of you're in paradise, but uh, it's very small. We're it's a very small town. I grew up in I'm an '80s baby, so I grew up in the '90s and being green-eyed, fair skin, had blonde hair growing up. Uh, you know, I wasn't I was already being picked on, um, and then being like queer on it on top of that. Mm-hmm. I was definitely felt uh, like a Martian there. Like I just wasn't, I just was, I never felt Hawaiian enough too, you know? Right, right. Like even though my father is pure Hawaiian, my mom's half, um, I just didn't look the Hawaiian. And right. so I, it was a lot of, you know, kids always um, projecting like, you know, you howly, you think you're better. Like, and I was like, Mary, get more Hawaiian than anybody. What? <laughs> right. I know, I know, I know plenty of blondes who are three quarters yeah. Hawaiian. Yeah. Know? So that was wild, just kind of feeling othered all the time, being not what my last name is looking like, you know, and then um, also being brought up Jehovah's Witness. So you're already very sheltered as a child upbringing, and then being queer, knowing I was trans. At five, I knew I was like, I already felt like a girl. And everyone else knew. That's the weird thing. That's the wild thing about it. Like, I was called a girl the whole time growing up. You know, oh, you and girl, you and girl. I'm like, thank you for the affirming <laughs> words. How I feel, yeah. <laughs> but um, that was, it, 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 it just shows in us already, you know. And it, it takes um, uh, the right kind of people to understand how to cultivate that and not make you feel uh, stifled or shame mm-hmm. about it. So... Uh, I think that was a lot of um, self-monitoring I had to do growing up in Waimanalo. So a lot of it, it felt like I I couldn't wait to get away. And until I got away was when I realized how special the place I lived, you know, and grew up in. It took for granted. But it also helped shape who you are, even though it was challenging, I'd imagine. You said the word self, you said the term self-monitoring. Yeah. That's pretty deep. If you think about what that really means, I mean, you had to... You know, gosh, I can't imagine how many times you re- you wanted yeah. to go, bro. Let's go. You know, <laughs> but at the same time, or just knowing, like you know, yeah. already being so feminine, can't hide it. Right. And even like the the constant at home, stop stand, stop walking like that. Mm-hmm. Stick your hip in. You know, stop wearing your hands like that. So it's just all these things that you constantly knew that in order to be not picked on and just skate by, you have to really suppress yourself, your your queerness, and uh, that was. That was the heaviest thing on me as a child, just right. like walking around feeling like really uncomfortable in my own skin. But did, when you looked around, uh, Sasha, did you see others who were like you, who were just <laughs> as much uh, having that self-monitoring? Uh-huh. Yes, so, absolutely. There's always like, you know, the one or two queer kids in in school that I remember. And it's like we just see each other. We're like, okay, we're going to stick together. Mm-hmm. And... That's the one place you didn't have to. You could even experiment in how you wanted to, you know, uh, project yourself. Mm-hmm. I remember I had these girls and a uh, maybe another Mahu boy that was. We were all friends, and we used to play Sailor Moon. <laughs> and I got to present myself as a girl, one of the Sailor Scouts, and that was really powerful. That you could be that and not get teased and feel safe. And then you break that, you go to school, and then you have to, like, be, be, be a boy, be butch, you know, all that kind of stuff, which uh, it, it feels so stifling, you know? It exhausting. really feels hard. It's exhausting. Yeah. That's the word. Exhausting. And imagine uh, there were some dark days. Absolutely. Absolutely. Within your own being. Yeah. You know? And, like, uh, 
There were a lot of a lot of dark moments, especially with my Hawaiianness and not feeling Hawaiian enough. I remember like some kid followed me home from school. I wanted to like rip my eyelashes out because they were so long. <laughs> like like they just were like picking on all these feminine qualities of me, which now I like thank. <laughs> thank goodness for my long lashes and you know, all the feminine qualities. But I I just desperately wanted to fit in and and just not be picked on, mm-hmm. you know? So it's really really um, full circle to be back here and to represent an island and, and you know, an island nation. Um, from when before growing up, I wasn't even considered a part of. Right. You know. But here we are today. Yeah. Uh, society has changed. Community has changed. Uh, our, you know, our, our we've, we've come forward. As a, yeah. as, a, as a community Which island. is technically uh, us yeah. remembering right. it, like how we were as Kanaka before. Correct. You know, where there was the the idea of this gray, this gender. You know, the you know, Native Hawaiians, they knew it was divine to understand both, mm-hmm. you know, and actually trusted your kids with them, mm-hmm. you know, like just in case I don't know how, you know, my kid's going to be. And I think that was really powerful. And, uh, you know, a lot of things happened in history, you know, Christianity and and a lot of things that would suppress our, our it's in our blood, you right. know, being queer is in our blood, being aloha to everyone is in mm-hmm. our blood and really understanding that we all have a use in society. You, you say that so eloquently, by the way. And when I first came on to PBS, one of the first things that I thought was missing was even in our own, we talk about diversity, we talk about inclusion, uh, but sometimes we don't practice what we preach, yeah. right? And that goes not just in the media industry, but really every industry, mm-hmm. right? But even in our own family, it needs to reflect that. And our board of directors needs yes. to reflect our the community. Diversity, yeah. So I approached Kumuhina, a dear friend from long time, mm-hmm. tremendous respect. And I said, Kumu, I need you on our board. Please give it some thought. She took one second. Yeah. She said, Rana, do it. Because number one, I, I believe what PBS Hawaii stands mm-hmm. for uh, and the diversity of not just the content, but what uh, the, 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 uh, this iconic media has meant to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. But also she knows her place and, and her, her opportunity. What she needs, her responsibility. Exactly. You know, her, with her position. Yes. She talks about that a lot. Yes, she does. Yeah. Not, and not just being Hawaiian. No. Not just being Kanaka, but also being Mahu mm-hmm. and what that really means. Yeah. And it is such a powerful to sit here and listen to her speak during the, our board meetings. Everybody just, mm-hmm. of course, she's Kumu. Right? <laughs> <laughs> May I have the four, four please? <laughs> oh, of course. But, uh, but jokingly aside, she is so exactly how you sh- shared. Yeah. That's your responsibility. That's your yeah. kuleana right now. Yeah. yeah. She had said we were doing uh, for the, um, the Council of Hawaiian Advancement, Native Hawaiian Advancement in uh, Las Vegas. And yeah. we did the... Uh, it was like a panel, queer panel, and it was her and I. Um, and the way she dis like the way she dissected what it meant, you know, to in a in a community in ancient Hawaii, you mm-hmm. had um, your response, your your purpose or your gift, which is not for you. It's for the community. It's your actual responsibility. So once you know your purpose and that becomes your responsibility, you have no other choice, right? And that's where she is, I think. Yeah. Is that where you are? I know that I am. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 100%. When given this opportunity, this platform, to be able to 
not feel silenced and actually speak on Hawaiian issues, be told to talk about it on a global television show was so empowering, was so um, cathartic. It was it was amazing to be able to be of influence. The the uh, nothing happens uh, by chance. Everything happens as is. And you winning uh, first Miss Continental back in 2012, which really I think, from one of the research I've done, uh, really helped pave the way yeah. uh, for your journey mm-hmm. and um, and even full more discovering who you are. Is that is that accurate? Or yeah, yes, absolutely. Uh, Continental and pageants mm-hmm. like. Growing up here from 24-7, we always used to do the Miss Hawaii pageants, right? And so I just loved the glamour of it. And I also loved the competition aspect, being part of a dance studio. So for me, doing drag, leaving Hawaii, finding a pageant system like Continental was a way for me to be successful and being queer and a performer. So for me, it was, you know, there was no drag race. So the only way you could be a successful drag performer in the early 2000s was to join the pageant system. Mm -hmm. So I think that gave me such good uh, work ethic. It gave me a good moral compass and also gave me really good tips on how to publicly, to speak publicly, you know, Um, which now allows me, I feel like I crawled at Continental so I could soar at Drag Race. It really set me up for that. And you had an amazing support group. Yeah, that, uh, that are still with me to this day. Years later, decades later, just collecting <laughs> you know, the kids. <laughs> welcome to PBS Hawaii, by the way. All, all of your gang uh, with you. Um, you know, but that was 11 years ago. Yeah. You know, and, and since then, your soaring has gone to new heights, if we want to use that <laughs> analogy. And your victory uh, in season 15, tell me about that. What, what made you say, hey, I can do that? Because I know you it probably you probably said, I can do that, I think, a few yeah. years before that. Well, you know, it was wild. Uh, I always knew, because, I mean, I've been doing drag for 20, 21 years now. Uh, and the show has been going on for about 15 seasons. So I was watching and, and honing my career alongside watching this show, this, this conversation develop about my career. Mm-hmm. Um, but not seeing a lot of representation in the early seasons of uh, trans drag and it really wasn't until um, I got to see my my drag daughter Carrie in season 14 who's the first trans woman to actually be openly trans walking into the workroom Um, that was a milestone and then I finally saw someone like me who um, got to live authentically so that really gave me the push to want to audition then Uh, I felt like it was the right time and I always use the analogy of I, I had to wait. I let everybody catch their wave, you know, <laughs> wave etiquette. Right, right. And I knew which wave was mine. And you just know, you know, when you when you're right in that pocket. Right. And so it took this long. But also, I feel like the reason why I got to do this season or it all lined up for me to do this season was because of our political climate mm-hmm. was because I would be of most use right now. It maybe not have been as effective a few years ago or a few years in the future right now my mere existence and success and empowering of other trans indigenous people especially people mm-hmm. of color um is negating everything that the government is trying to say about us so and you look at history and you see what they're saying about us when you look back in this political season there's also me and so many trans individuals that are so successful so how does that match you know but this is truth that's propaganda right Thank you. 
Very well said. And I did visualize you in the lineup in the surf because sometimes people like drop in and you know you just like kick your butt at them, right? <laughs> what you doing, pal? Sometimes you ready and then they want right? to just right. edge in. You know, um, today we have congressional leaders, we have politicians, we have you know CEOs. Uh, I mean, the community has not only grown but has empowered itself, and I think opened the eyes to the world mm-hmm. what we already knew. Yeah. Yeah. We already knew. I, I really love also like being, being a Kanaka and seeing how proud Hawaiians are hmm. of a mahu from Waimanalo. Like it's, I could cry right now. Seeing like an old auntie, gray hair, old Hawaiian lady. I would think we never watched Drag Race. You know, say like, Sasha Colby. Like what? Ah, oh. it's beautiful. Feel, your tears are of uh, understanding your journey. Yeah. yeah, and just, you know, a little pat on the back from the kupuna. <laughs> does that feel, how does that warm your heart? I mean, it's, it's, it makes me feel so blessed. Um, never have met my grandparents. They had passed when I already was born. So I, uh, to have that generation um, feel proud of a mahu is so special. <laughs> I knew the tears were going to come at some day. I thought it was going to happen in the water in Waimanalo yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> what would uh, your papa and tutu say to you? What do you think? Oh, I think, well, you know, I, I'm an old Hawaiian witch, so my tutu does talk to me a lot. <laughs> and, um, you know, she actually has guided me through this whole process, allowed me, like, when I can't do it, when I would turn that corner sometimes, I would have to call in the ancestors, like, just walk for me, you know? Like, even at the finale, in that huge coat, <laughs> so just walk for me, everybody, you know, take the, take it. And it's, it's really nice. And being here, you know, being celebrated, being celebrated at Pride, oh, it's the first time I ever am home that I'm not, like struggling or having to stay at a family's house and allow them to misgender me and like dead name me for you know asleep on the couch um it feels beautiful to be welcome back <laughs> welcome in your own home though i mean yeah i, I can't imagine how, how how sometimes depressing that could have been but here you are today it's such a joyous return back home that ocean dive that you did yesterday probably felt so good it's the best water oh yeah oh it's healing healing yes indeed this is this is definitely the trip of healing yeah that's i bet that's well said i I bet you this next couple of 48 hours however long you're home will be very healing to you yeah i hear a lot of people saying i I really we've had like two days of just relaxing and enjoying and being alone and re like recharging but Today and tomorrow on, it's just all my family, all the chosen family, all the mahus all over the island, you know, so excited, rooting for me the whole time. You got to start by Shima's at least, Konekis. I got to get some, yeah. Yeah, you got to get, get some, some Konekis. old school Konekis. <laughs> you guys remember the, remember the bakery? Of course. Oh, oh, the chocolate donuts. Sadly. Yep. What's the best well, bakery? Oh. God's country. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Good people there. I few more questions. And again, Sasha, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank on you for PBS this. Thank for having this so oh, I can this heal is, this is on awesome. a podcast. <laughs> well, we get a little bit visual today because you're so special. Um, 
What advice would you give someone who, who is wanting to break into the drag world, who's who's still, um, they know who they are, mm-hmm. but not everybody yeah. knows who they are? Well, I think, you know, for any, I would, I would say this to any uh, little trans kids, little queer kids out there who want to do drag, who want to transition, who know their truth and is afraid or doesn't have the space or maybe the home life that is ideal to feel safe in. Uh, you you find your tribe. You find your chosen family. Um, you're innately going to be drawn to each other. And you hold those families close. And like I did, like, lock yourself in the bathroom and do drag. That's how I did it. And now I get to do it on such a wide scale. But I'm literally doing what I did. I would run home after getting picked from school, picked on by people, run home, uh, put on my sister's eyeliner, put a towel on my head, turn on the music light a candle and perform and I didn't even know that that was an art form but you innately want to do it um, so just don't let, let let yourself play you know because we're going to spend our whole life trying to uh, make that little kid inside us happy you know and healed so if the, the quicker you can do it the better mm-hmm. you know and honestly when you're a queer kid and you're trans especially a lot of people will feed off of you and your cue if you know who you are and you stand in it even if it's, you know, hard, the respect that that'll get. And for you to be able to not tolerate less than you deserve. Well said. It's a, a shining example. Sadly, not everybody gets to that. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it, yeah. it is your life journey that brings you to it. So, I mean, all your, all your biggest obstacles are really uh, your biggest key to success. The thing that you're most, like, a ashamed about is the thing that will set you free give you abundance give you blessings give you love love for yourself too first and foremost how are you going to love anybody else can I get an amen amen I I, I say (laughs) I don't say challenges Uh, even in in our meetings here at PBS I say opportunities opportunities because um, yes challenges exist ain't no doubt about that but how you approach it with your mindset and your heart and you know, if you have to rely on Kupuna to help mm-hmm. you along the way, please, whatever whatever make, whatever makes it work. Yeah. I, too, reach out to my Kupuna when I need help. Yeah, and there's a lot yeah. of trans Kupuna, trans elders, I mean, that I have yeah. learned so much from, you know. So they're out there. And they have, we have a lot of resources for, you know, for a lot of the LGBT uh, youth out there. So mm-hmm. go check it out. A lot of good things. You are a beautiful woman. Thank you. I used to watch you all the time growing up. <laughs> <laughs> you make me feel old. Yeah. It's, you know, when I left Keitra, and by the time I, when I got there, I was a young 19-year-old, wow. hungry. You know, I was the only Kanaka in there. Yeah. You know, yet I had on last name Mizutani. <laughs> you know, I went to Kamehameha schools, and my middle initial K was not Kanehikili Mako Ona Ona. It was Kiyoshi. So I, <laughs> trust me, not like how you probably uh-huh. went through but I went to a, a Hawaiian school with a name like Kiyoshi Mizutani. Yeah. But I look more brown than a lot of people. <laughs> so I felt that too. Yeah. Like, it's, very, it's wild because that's yeah. all we are summed up as right. uh, by, I don't know, the powers of be. It's like we're just quantifying ourselves yeah. and trying to figure out like what percentage allows us to be able to claim here, what, you know, well, which is ridiculous. It's really, really, yeah. it, and you know what the sad thing is? And we could, that's a whole different podcast. But, <laughs> that's the next podcast. You know, the, 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 the fact that our Kanakama Ole, people who are waiting so long for homes, yeah. homes is mm-hmm. just 
And the land is there. The land is there. What's the problem? I mean, okay. half of Waimanalo is homestead is empty. Right. You know? Insane. Uh, again, different different podcast. <laughs> Your life has been a whirlwind. Uh, and I and I imagine the, the busy schedule. Again, that's why I say thank you for being here, because you're going on tour. Your your music is is alive. I mean, tell us about what's 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 ahead for you. When uh, do you can sleep? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm trying to figure out how to sleep standing up. That would be amazing. Um, you know, with this opportunity with Drag Race, it has allowed me to really just. Uh, spread my wings and be creative. I get to do music. I'm, you know, excited about telling stories, which is what Hawaiians do, right? Um, and doing it in, in different venues. And I get to do a, a world tour, one women show. And I'm ending it here, April 19th, 2024. I'll be at the Hawaii Theater. That'll be the last hurrah, the homecoming again. Um, really excited. Really excited to see everybody. I can't imagine the, the venue there is going to... And, and that Legendary. you have the opportunity to say, I want to end it at home yeah good for you what a lovely homecoming what a way to end it yes well that part I wish you well and try to get some sleep yeah figure because that out sleep, <laughs> sleep, is, sleep is important yeah you know stay hydrated when you're on tour but I think that's that's amazing and your music yes if excited. you had to describe your music what would you say um, I would say it's uh, for me it's like a house house music with a fun like island vibe like nice island beats in the back of it but it's definitely something that is an extension of my drag performances and something to get you excited and feel empowered for sure can you give me a verse can you sing <laughs> <laughs> is that is that contractually uh, uh, a possibility even if it's well, just... it's you know can you feel the power that's all you're gonna get okay, I'll take it <laughs> You know what? That's that's pretty darn cool that uh, you did that. Thank you. I hope you don't you don't contractually. Uh, I know we don't get trouble. In, in trouble for that. But no, I appreciate. <laughs> well, again, Sasha, thanks for stopping by. Uh, enjoy your time home. Um, you. you know, soak up not only the sun but all the aloha that you have shared with the world. You are an ambassador of uh, our islands. So, congratulations. Mahalo. Thank you so much. Thank you for your. Thank you for your message. Thank you for your message of hope, inspiration, and love. Love you guys. Right on. Mahalo Nui for joining us. For uh, join us next week, another episode of What School You Went. Never know who's going to stop by. Until then, we hope. What School You Went is a PBS Hawaii production. Music by Taimane Gardner. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And tell your friends. You can find us on pbshawaii.org and everywhere you get your podcasts.